Hi, it's Nick here from the Talk and Power podcast. We are proud to announce Auto One as our brand partner for the podcast. Auto One, it's the one. You can now order online with click and collect or get your order shipped. Head to www.autoone.com.au. Like us at the podcast, Auto One has a passion for cars and all things automotive. They understand your love of cars too. With great prices and the biggest brands you know and trust, they are sure to be able to help you with your project, whether it be replacing your wiper blades, fitting out your four-wheel drive with the latest gear, or rebuilding your dad's old HQ Holden. Not sure on how to install those spotlights? Don't panic. Just head to the website and click on the do-it-yourself videos and Rico will talk you through the process. From Auto One in Albany up to Auto One in Caratha, across to Auto One in Townsville, down to Auto One in Hobart and over 50 stores in between. Auto One has a retail store nearby with expert advice and the stock on hand. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with the team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. All right, welcome to the Talking Power podcast, episode 103, and we've got a, a room full of guests for this podcast. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Andrew Catavatis. Andrew, thanks for joining us. No problem. James Rowland, his crew chief in Tuna. Thanks hey. for joining us, James. Thanks, Nick. And Andrew's lovely wife over there, <laughs> Michelle. Michelle. Uh, Michelle Catavatis, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Formerly known as Michelle Adamos, for those listeners. Anyway, before we get started, we have to, I have to do a quick shout-out, actually, to, to a good friend of the podcast, Brendan Franklin. Um, most of us know him as um, Pecos Race Car. Probably haven't seen him at the track. If, if you might not see him, you wouldn't have seen him last week. We did. Until I, you did. Yeah, yeah, I actually saw him. He went down there, Saturday did Saturday night, yes, yeah. yes. Had a good chat with him um, just after... I think it's Chase was born. Chase, yeah. Chase, Chase James. So congratulations to Brendan and to Mel, his, his partner. So congratulations to them on their birth of their first baby boy. So Brendan does a lot. It helps us out a fair bit, actually, on the podcast. So um, get some sleep, Brendan. Because <laughs> he's, he's uh, I don't think the baby's home yet. He told me today that he's, uh, he's at home getting some good sleep. So that's, that's good news. Good news <laughs> for them. Got a little leave pass for the weekend. <laughs> I said enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> hey guys, look, well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's great to have you here, Andrew and James and Michelle. It's a, it's a great pleasure to have you guys here. I'll be honest with you, I when I'm putting together a guest list, I don't necessarily have, it's a, sort of a work in progress. But Michelle posted a photo one day and I thought, you know what, that is so cool. I need really need to get Andrew on the podcast. And it was a photo of the beach bomb going down the freeway in an open car trailer. Now I thought that was how awesome is that? I mean that's that's the photo there for those for those watching us on YouTube, you can check this out. Look at how cool is that? Going down the 
the freeway there in an open car trailer. So is that how you always transport? Uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that is. That was actually built by Michelle's dad, the trailer, uh, who's actually towing it in that photo. Um, and then we sold it to, when Michelle finished drag racing, when we had our daughter Ella, um, we sold her dragster first, and then we sold the trailer to Chris Dimoff. Yep. who very kindly then loans it back to us whenever we want to go racing. <laughs> it is awesome, I must say. You've seen a Nitro funny. It reminds me of um, the funny car summer, really. You know, they yeah. used to get around in a... I don't think it was a trailer. I think it was a truck, wasn't it? Yeah, but we need the, a... Maybe we need a... Yeah, the Ram a, truck. A Ram truck or something. <laughs> like Stewie, James's dad. That's, that's the go. But it is cool. And I must say, um, you know... Hats off to you guys for turning it around on open car trailer. I think that's so awesome when I saw that. I really, I really like that. Andrew, tell us, I mean, we're all, especially in this room, but even my normal co-host Simon Gonzo, who can't be here today, we're all tragics, drag racing tragics. But are all drag racing tragics nitro funny car tragics? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, everyone likes different areas. Um, I was talking to someone on the weekend who was working on a twin turbo big block car and he's a carburetor guy through and through that's, yep. that's his thing he, he enjoys all aspects of drag racing but carbies are his thing um so you know i don't i don't, I don't think you have to be through and through nitro but i think in inherent law for me we all dream i don't know we all dream but one day we're going to go nitro and especially funny car too i think you know a lot of people uh, even Gonzo says it all the time. He'd love to go nitro funny car, but you guys actually made it happen. Like, tell us that journey. Did that start from a long time ago, or was it when you were back in the modified days and super comp days? Was that part of the path? Yeah. Well, it was actually to a point. You say it's actually oh, as much as it's my dream. It's Dad's dream. Uh, Dad started racing. Late 60s, thereabouts. Um, started with his street car, got faster, built uh, Aussie Dollar, um, little Fiat Topolino, and raced that very successfully in Perth and in Adelaide. Um, and then he actually started building a Nitro Funny Car. Um, I believe he had the motor. Um, there's a few pics kicking around of uh, my Popu, who's just passed away actually, um, standing next to the motor, just as it arrived in Australia. There's a Nitro Big Block. And yeah, that was, I think it was a Tirana body hmm. or, or a Datto, maybe a Datto um, body it was going to be. Got to the point of assembling final assembly, um, even had the race suit, the mask, which I think the green, Alan Cheryl Green actually had the race suit and the mask still. Mm -hmm. um, and basically family commitments, politics um, in the sport and um, starting in his own business went a different direction. Yeah. 40 years later, we, well... 35 years later, we started racing thereabouts, and 40 years later, we started reliving his his dream yeah. through me. Yeah, yeah. No, and it's an awesome story. Your, dad, your father, Tony, you're referring yes. to there, built up a very good business, uh, Corvette Engineering. And uh, it was always, I found it interesting you guys went with, uh, instead of a... Corvette, you went, you went at 69 Camaro. But we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk fine. about that. We'll talk about that shortly. Michelle, tell us, because you're... I mean, you come from arguably royalty in, in Western Australia <laughs> drag racing as well from the Adamos family. Tell us a little bit about your history. Up, yeah, yeah, history as well. Absolutely. So for me, drag racing started when I was a really young girl, um, 
heading to Ravenswood with my dad, um, but my uncle Con Adamos, um, you know, raced for many, many years, um, or, you know, had a car for many years, shall I say, and it just sort of was part of our family life. It was something that we always did, and we always went to the drags, and then my cousins, Alicia and Matt, began to race, and um, I said to Uncle Con, I, I think I want to race too, so I was probably about the age of 10 that I started racing junior dragsters, and... Um, and from there, that was it. We were hooked and um, have never left drag racing realistically. Mm. I raced up until, you know, the age of juniors and then I went on to study. Um, I completed my degree and then mum and dad said, look, if you want to go back and drag race, you have to, you know, finish your education and then have the opportunity to think about a car. And we purchased a, a dragster out of the USA and um, I went modified drag racing um, in a dragster. So... I also have been involved in commentary over the years and travelled Australia very fortunately to um, commentate. So uh, I've done a bit of writing for magazines around the time um, back in the day. So I really have lived and breathed drag racing from mm. a from a young age and um, fortunately met Andrew there. Yeah. So that was it. I I met my forever and we are now together drag racing as a family and. Um, our daughter Ella is two and the, the thing she wakes up talking about is drag racing and last night we couldn't get her to sleep and all she was talking about was drag racing. So um, I think for us it's it's driven by our family, it's been driven by my family for a very long time and I think it will continue throughout our family in many ways. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly, certainly. And James, not to be outdone as well, I mean your father Stuart Rowland, I mean, legend at, at Ravenswood. I remember him going as a when I was only, you know, in my early, I wasn't even 20 yet. I was 19, 18, going down there as a kid. I remember your father racing. So tell us your background as well. Like You come from a very reputable drag racing family. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so obviously uh, you touched on it there. Um, Dad had a funny car from before I was around. Um, and, yeah, it's obviously natural progression, as we've all talked about, that once you're, um, your family drag races, then you're kind of stuck with it for the rest of your life. So um, did that. Obviously spent a bit of time working on Dad's car. Um, and then I think I might have been like 15 or so. We were fortunate enough to, to tee up with uh, Morris Brennan. He had a, um, a blown Commodore. And I started just talking to him one day and they just started racing. And I had a little bit of knowledge to be dangerous, I guess. And we started working together on the car. and. Over the next sort of 12 months, we blew it up a lot and caught it on fire and did all that stuff, but eventually learnt enough to be able to get the car to run successfully and then, yeah, I guess continued to tune different blown alcohol cars for probably until maybe like 2015 or 16, so, yeah. yeah. But, James, that's not an easy thing to pick up, is it? I mean, like, I know yeah, all of our fathers are, might be versed in some sort of trade, but to pick that up, I mean... As a, as you you were fairly young at the time, I do remember. I think that's you know an incredible accolade that you were able to get that, and now you're you know tuning reputable tuning nitro uh, cars. I mean, tell us the progression from alcohol. A lot of people, the bystanders would think that what's the difference? But from alcohol to nitro, two different beasts, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, everything's. I guess maybe backwards in some ways on a nitro car, um, certainly with the engine. Um, trying to burn the fuel, you want to put as much fuel in as you can, which is sort of backwards to an alcohol car where you're trying to get the mixture right. Um, 
yeah, you know, you just have to probably respect it a lot more because mm. in an alcohol car, you can make a little mistake. It might nip up a ringland or whatever, or you do it in a nitro car and your blower's in 30 different bits. So, yeah. um, so from that side, that's probably the hardest part. The vehicle dynamics with the clutch and how that works, there's a fair bit of correlation because at the end of the day, it's the same kind of car. We've spent a lot of time with alcohol funny cars. So, um, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing, I guess, is the engine. Yeah, no, it's a, it's interesting that you made that that progression, you know, so early and so you know in your life and and where you are today as well. Tuning Andrew, it's not just Andrew's car you tune. There's a number of cars you're tuning these days. Uh, probably not as much these days, but um, yeah, I guess for a while there maybe like from 2012 to maybe 15, 16. I spent a fair bit of time with Steve Ham uh, over on the East Coast with his funny car. Um, Steve's a good friend of mine now. You know, we had a lot of success. He took us to America and we raced over there, which was hmm. which was pretty cool for something. You know, when I was you know at that age to be able to be racing at NHRA national events. Yeah. Um, and did a bit of stuff with Anthony Begley, and that's sort of I guess where the nitro thing started to come along. And yep. You start to get a bit more interested about it and. I guess, yeah, you start researching and trying to learn a little bit so you can start to try and dip your toe in the water mm. and, and do a bit more. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, getting back to you then, I mean, you, you went from, you kicked off in Modified, correct me correct. if I'm wrong? Yes. Yep. So tell us, what was that like? How what, what was the, what got you kicked off into Modified, basically? Um, what, why did you pick Modified? Was that... We, we we don't like door cars. Yep, <laughs> it's probably the easiest way to say it. Um, Dad being a, a sort of an altered guy from way back, um, we we talked about a Corvette of some description. Um, there was a few sort of later model ones he, he'd brought into the country, kicking around, uh, which were sort of we we could do something with. But no, it's uh, the centre steer. Um, out in the open car was where we were at, so mm. we uh, we purchased our first little car, which we still own, um, from uh, old drag race up in Queensland, um, yep. and uh, got that over. I think I was sixteen. I was still in high school when we bought the rolling car, yep. um, but wasn't allowed to pretty much touch it until I finished school. Kind of a bit the same as Michelle, um, and uh, so we slowly built that up. And I actually went down a Wednesday night, my Holden One Tunner, and went about 18 seconds. And I think I cut about a 0.6 light on the tree. Was the first ever. And three days later, oh yeah, three days later, I think it was, went down the the altered and got our license with an 850. Yeah. Um, yep. and we've sort of progressed with a center steer car ever since. Yeah. Yeah. But look, I remember back in the back in 07 or maybe even earlier, mm. I was. On Wasma at the time and I yep. used to do the results and I remember seeing your name come through and you're pretty consistent with with lights and and reaction times as well so by oh correct me if I'm wrong 0809 you win the championship in modified correct what was that like talk us through that um oh it was excellent it was great for the guys who were with um it was great for dad as well to tell you the truth he put a lot of effort into the car um in those early stages um and, and just the people who were, we were trying to surround ourselves with at the time, who we still deal with a lot, um, those sort of people. So, yeah, it was uh, it was great feeling um, to be able to do that. There were some, there were some cracking races yeah. in Modified through those times. Um, some of the names, even even their, their siblings, or not siblings, I should say, their, um, their children are now racing. Um, but, yeah, to uh, be amongst 
the winner's name in modified WA was uh, quite an achievement, I feel, for, yeah. uh, for our little family. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, speaking of names, I did some research here. Yeah. I'll just put my goggles back on. Supercomp. By the time you get to Supercomp, we're talking now... Not sure what year got into that, but by 12, the 12-13 season, a guy called Alan Puglia has yeah. won four championships in a row. Not that season. So what was it like to, to stop Alan's... Alan's reign of four championships in a row. That was our aim. That was our one aim. We had to beat Alan. You beat Alan, you, you, you nearly, you, you're the best comp racer in WA. Yep. And uh, yeah, you nearly, naturally aspirated, obviously. That's why we race in super comp, top comp in Perth. And um, yeah, he was an absolute powerhouse. And he still is. I, I was only talking to him on the weekend. He's a great guy. Good friend, actually, now, in all mm. honesty. Yep. But yeah, to, uh, to just beat him was uh, yeah, a good feeling. We did it quite convincingly, too. Well, it wasn't just him, however, was it? It was also Errol Quartermain as well. Absolutely. Was you know was yep. in amongst the discussion at the time, and I think afterwards may have won a couple of championships as well. Errol himself, I think he has. But yeah, he was yeah. he was fairly competitive too. So there, there's some pretty big names. I mean, to to take Alan on and he's four on a trot, and I think he did go on to win afterwards I as think well he another did, yeah. championship he did, as well, possibly the next year actually. Yeah. Like he, he pit myself and Kyle Putland at the post in the last meet from memory. Yeah, I mean, he got my years off there, but yeah, I think the season we won the next season. I think I came third and Kyle came second. Alan came from behind both of us mm-hmm. and and got us at the last meet of the season. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, I. Amazing. When I was doing my research, I looked at that and I thought that's pretty. That's pretty impressive, you know, to to stop Allen's four four yeah. four year reign there. So you spend a season off after that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was it was about. We actually had a, yeah about about a season between modified and supercomp, and about a season between uh, supercomp and and going the nitro deal thereabouts. So tell us how the beach bomb came to be then. Um, this guy probably doesn't help. I dare say to a, to a point. Um, we just we wanted something a bit different. Um, we sort of a little bit over the whole Group Two style of racing for a bit. I'd love to go back to it. We still have the car. We've got the engine there um, in the process of rebuilding it. Uh, but we just wanted a bit more. And then obviously Graham's show came into the mix quite heavily, and that was touring Australia and and was very successful. Um, there was a couple of the nostalgia nitro cars popping up in Perth. Um, and we sort of, we searched and searched and we actually found another Camaro um, and got onto the guy and, and sort of nearly did a deal with him and then he sold it from underneath, not underneath us, but sold it. Mm. Um, about two days later, I found he sold it to Michael Brooks. Okay. To yep. Another Perth racer, yep. the whole world. The car still comes to Perth, but uh, to another <laughs> racer. Um, and then within a week, this uh, our beach bomb rocked up. or well, it rocked up on uh, for sale, I should say. Um, and we actually bought it to a point sight unseen we'd seen videos photos um and we got uh, greg lay from queensland um he's got a guy over in america and he went and looked at it for us and called us and and it was everything the guy had said it was and uh, it was a very low run car it was uh, he got it kurt cruz was the was the race's name from sacramento oh California. yeah yep, yep um he actually got it built for himself um by uhara race cars um and we i think done about 40 runs since brand new um, he was going to step up to big show racing, he decided. Um, so we bought everything he had mm-hmm. for Nostalgia Nitro. Yep, um, yep. In a Z container and over it came. So, I mean, look, respectfully, most Group 3 and Group 2 races aren't versed in Nitro. So you've got this car. It's landed here. Yep. I say that respectfully, yep. but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah for you, sure. you wouldn't be... You wouldn't 
we wouldn't be versed in the nitro deal. So how do you go from getting this car in a container to getting that thing on the track? Um, exactly as you said, we'd never owned a Hemi in our life, never owned yep. a supercharged motor. We come from two carburetors, and we thought we'd be racing carburetors the rest of our life. Um, we contacted, we got in contact with Paul Shackleton, mm-hmm. actually, um, and we bought a complete hat-to-pan motor from him. Um, our theory behind that was it, it came with tune-up advice as well. Um, he had done it before. He had obviously raced Big Show Nitro um, very successfully, uh, and then he had his own nostalgia deal. Um, so we actually went to Sydney and watched the car run, um, and that motor got rebuilt with then a brand-new supercharger, brand-new fuel system, and a few other bits and pieces. And we boxed that, well, he boxed that motor up for us and over it came. So we bought a complete hat to pan motor, um, deciding that was the best opportunity for us to get a bit of a leg up uh, yeah. into the sport. Yep, yep. James, question for you then. I mean, a lot of our listeners would like to, they, they come into the pits, they see you guys, part of the, the deal is you start the car up prior to taking the car out on the track. Can you walk us through that process of starting the car up? I mean, it's not as if, it's not, not your standard factory car. You just go turn the key and start it up. Can you talk us through what what actually happens there starting the car up? So the biggest thing when you go to start a nitro car, um, the fuel, when it's compressed, it'll explode like a bomb. So um, there's a bit of strictness, I guess, with when you how much nitro you can buy and where you can buy it from because it can be used in bad ways as such. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we really work hard to make sure that the motor has absolutely no nitro in it before we hit the starter because what can happen if there's anything left in the cylinder, you hit the, the starter on the front and it'll compress and it turns into like a little bomb and it'll quite easily blow the cylinder head off. Um, so we go through that, make sure it's all clear with no spark plugs in it. Um, then we'll run it on alcohol or petrol um, make sure the engine's running, get some oil pressure up, and then Andrew will turn the fuel pump on and, and you know, it starts running on nitro. Um, we just go through, we check, you know, ignition timing. We should make sure there's no leaks or anything major like that. Check a few things in the clutch to make sure that the wheels will turn, etc. the gearbox, um, and then basically, yeah, just, just turn it off, get a little bit of heat into it because um, obviously um, you can't, stand on the gas when the engine's cold so um, they do yep. do warm up quite a lot and quite quickly okay all right now it's it's very interesting i was just curious because i know it's not a two even with the door slammer when i was crewing with gonzo it's not you know and that's only just the standard alcohol motor you know but nitro must be a completely different beast as well so it was just for our guests andrew i want to walk you through a video if you can oh. talk us through this just bear with me a sec here. All right, just walk us through this video here. This is from a couple of years ago. So you've just done your burnout, unfortunately. I've missed that. So I'm, this is me filming, so you'll have to forgive me here. Didn't even see you there. So reversing it back, watching, I don't have a lot of vision out of the car. Um, so James is the main one I'm watching. I don't know, there could be a hundred people behind us on the start line, wouldn't have a clue. Um, I'm getting told there's a solo happening by the looks of it. Someone's getting pushed back on the other side. Um, I'm just waiting at this point. There's things happening behind the car, um, but my focus is on James. Um, I've got to trim my fuel correctly, um, so I'm sitting there doing that. Pulling forward into stage, hard on the brake, foot's on the clutch. I get the go-ahead to pull forward. 
creep into pre-stage, I will in a second, I dare say. Hold the brake nice and tight. At this point, I will go fuel on, foot off the clutch, creep forward with the brake, hit the throttle as soon as I see some amber. Um, It'll be nearly our first 550, 550, I reckon. Yeah, that was 550. Wasn't a terrible one. No, it was probably one of those ones where I slightly pedaled it and you told me off, and then I shut it off early and you told me off again. Exactly. I get told off a lot as a driver. I don't know why. I thought I was quite good actually. <laughs> I think that was from roughly February of two years ago, I believe. I was the yeah, roughly around there. It was, it was 2000. You know what? Three years ago. I was going to say it's 2018. Years. Yeah, mm. yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one of the things. And you, you mentioned something very interesting there as well to me. Your vision is obscured to a certain extent. So that was a solo. So that that's all I have uh, yep. as terms of video footage of yourself. But when you're racing someone, how how much are you using your ears to hear where they are? You, you can't really hear what. What's no. Actually, the loudest. But I say to a lot of people, the loudest bit for me in the car is uh, when we do a burnout. If they're just in front of me and they're doing a burnout in the opposite lane, um, I'm just copping everything through the side window. Of the yeah, okay. all the noise it is extremely loud but doing the burnouts actually quite it's not that bad and doing the run in the car is um it's actually reasonably quiet um, yeah because you're accelerating at quite a great knot um everything's getting left behind you yep um, yep do you know what uh, phil lamatino once said to me as a driver of a nitro car his is a top fuel mm-hmm. you have the best seat in the house and the worst seat in the house and what he meant by that was like where i shot that video i if you saw i lost when i was panning i lost you because the visceral feeling of a nitro car coming past me i could i can tell you now i'm standing pretty close to the wall there i can feel your heat wave like goes through the the shock wave goes right through my body but even the heat from the header pipes but even in the crowd you can feel the shock wave going through there's no, there's no other visceral feeling in any motorsport is there and that's what he was that's what he meant by that statement yep. was it's the best set in the house it's also the worst because you don't get that feeling of the car as it as it goes past you at especially if you're at the top end as well you know yeah correct it's, absolutely it's, uh, yeah it, um yeah it, i mean i've obviously watched a lot of nitro racing uh, we've been very fortunate to go to bakesfield and watch you know, 30 or 40 of these things go down in one session, mm. uh, which is incredible. We got right on the start line, um, and it's it's an incredible feeling. But, yeah, when you're in the car, it's uh, it's just a whole different ball game. There's so much to concentrate. So there's actually a very busy little cockpit inside there. Yeah. Um, I'm always watching some, or basically James the whole time is the only person I take orders from. Um, if Even if the starter tells me to shut it off, I still throw the eyes over at James, and he said, no, no, shut it down for whatever reason. Uh, but, yeah, there's, um, there's not a lot of... Five seconds, it, it is quite a lot of time, but you are very busy during that period, keeping mm. it in the center. You've got to shift your gear. Uh, it's only one gear, but it still uh, comes up reasonably fast. For the first 100 foot, you can't see a lot. A lot of clutch dust, a lot of fumes inside the car. Um, so the century is a lot different for myself compared to, to watching. Mm. Um, it's one thing I've never done and I would love to do. I don't know how it would ever happen because I'm not going to let anyone do it, but I've never seen one of my own race cars go down the track, yeah. which would, I've always thought, geez, I reckon this car would look great going down the track. But... Uh, not, I don't know, <laughs> maybe one day. Well, I was just going to throw over to Michelle there. Any, any desire, Michelle? To, oh, to... there's always desire. It's unbelievable, the desire to go back and drag race after you um, 
you know, have started a family and have a young girl and, and knowing how much she enjoys it as well. I guess as we, we talk about it actually more so recently, mm. that desire to, to go back and race. But I guess, um, you know, sometimes priorities in life come about and we, we spoke and it was, you know, I sold my dragster at the time and we were focusing on Andrew's drag racing. So, um, you know, that's, that's just the way it goes. But most definitely um, a desire. I quite like an open car, so um, <laughs> I'm not sure how I'd feel with a body over me. Um, but saying that, you know, you just, you just never know what opportunities might present themselves. Mm. Um, I always say that would make a good husband-wife duo going down the racetrack. So yeah. I always, um, you know, nudge Tony my wonderful father-in-law about that, but uh, he just laughs at me. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, James, as well? I mean, you've been tuning for some time. you got a desire to... Because to, the last time we spoke, we should say, but you, we, we spoke at the 24-hour lemons, and your, your circuit racing is pretty good. But you've got a desire to, to do this one day? Yeah, the old Gemini was, um, yeah, very fast. Um, not really. I have actually driven a funny car before, um, and that's probably enough for me um yep yeah i just these cars are so much work i guess um and you spend a lot of time at the workshop a lot of research trying to make the car go good it's just good to watch it you know like i guess for every second that it's going down the track there's probably 10 or 15 hours work that's gone into that one mm. second yep. so i guess that's the only time you get to stand back and enjoy watching it yeah. so yeah um so the answer is probably not re- not really. It's interesting you say that because there are a lot of people that have resigned themselves. Resigned is probably a bad word, but already you know said that driving's not for them. However, crewing or tuning is their, their that's where their heart is. A good friend of mine, Frankie Selvo, you know he hasn't raced for a while now, but doesn't have the desire to race, but has the desire to tune instead. You know he's carbies and and uh, super comp or um, super stock, but still hasn't got that desire to race and a lot of people are, are the same that but they get their you know they get a lot of satisfaction out of getting that car and i can imagine that because i think that was a pb at the time I, I yeah. Was, yeah that even on a run like that that would be quite quite exciting f- for yourself to make you know you've made all the right calls that car's gone down there fairly clean it doesn't look like it was upset at all and looks like it was just maintenance on the return correct me if i'm wrong yeah that i think from memory like usually Maybe back then we are having a few issues with the pistons in it, but yeah, pretty much we're pretty good with not hurting stuff. You know, the old piston here or there, um, maybe a few clutch plates if we don't get the clutch right. But yeah, most of the time it, it doesn't hurt itself. We've touched wood, never had any sort of major failures, so um, which does make it a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Guys, I want to talk about where where we find ourselves today in 2021. The BME uh, Nitro Championship, really good deal that sort of came out of, well, you guys were probably aware of it happening, or but I, I think it's kind of sort of come for, the, for, the, for people like myself who weren't aware of it and it come up, and I think it's been a really awesome deal that w- what you guys have put together. Uh, Bill Miller Engineering, uh, no doubt Speed Talk's involved as well, Rory. So tell us a little bit about the, the championship. Um, yeah, well, yeah, so basically because I guess I was talking to Rory one day and, and we sort of both agreed that we got sick of match racing each other. There's a few cars around um, and we decided 
it wasn't that much time before the first meeting we ran, you know, a couple of months ago, um, maybe only like three or four weeks that we got everyone together, you know, had a few emails, spoke to the track and said, hey, we want to put our own little deal together, a bit like what SummerSlam's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rory was good enough to, through his contacts with Bill Miller, get some sponsorship because basically we needed to front the money to, to you know, run our own little series. And um, so we did that and, and, yeah, it's it's worked really good. And I think, you know, the idea is we, we sort of want anything with nitro in it. Um, so if you've got an injected nitro dragster, funny cars, alteds, whatever, and try and have, you know, just like a little, you know, little series that, that we can run on our own. And, you know, obviously with everything that's going on in the world, there's a lot of factors that are outside our control. So what we can control is what's here in WA and, you know, we've mm. got pretty good support from, from lots of people that have got nitro cars yep. to be able to put something together. I'm going to ask a question. I'll probably get a lot of hate mail for, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And whoever wants to answer can answer. (laughs) Do you feel that we've drag racing in Western Australia, we've brought on new classes and I'm, I'm all for the radial deal. We're all for different classes, top sportsmen as well. But in bringing those classes to the fore, I think we've watered down some others. So sedan potentially super sedan um anyway but what i'm trying to say is do we need to focus more on because when i when you talk nitro funny car that's old school it's one of the you know the oldest classes we've got in in drag racing nitro that is not just nitro funny car but not uh, front engine um, dragsters alteds do we need to focus on building a championship there instead of worrying about other other classes that might be pulling cars out of other brackets i think i'm not opposed to all the other classes i see some merit in them but it definitely stretches as you're sort of saying it it stretches the other classes so all of a sudden instead of you know 40 super sedan cars we're dropping we got sort of top sportsmen and the radial stuff now um uh, and we're dropping our, our numbers in other classes. So, yeah, it, it might be sort of stretching some of the classes a little bit. Um, it, look, it, it's not cheap to go racing either. Mm. So I think that's probably hurt us in general in WA a little bit too. Um, there, there is a lot of cars parked, a lot of good cars parked up in sheds. Uh, and it, oh, I think dollars, as much as what anyone would actually say, dollars have to be part of it. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the Nitro thing... I think people are coming around to the idea it's not big show. Like, it costs a lot of money to run a big show car. It Phenomenal figures. Um, About probably 10 times as much as what it costs to run our car, hmm. to run a big show nitro funny car or dragster, yep. give or yeah. take. And then just the workload is probably about 10 times as much as well. Absolutely. Um, So this is definitely more a feasible option for us. And and I think a lot of people, I, I can't see why... You know, we started up from Supercomp and sort of did it, and you just got to surround yourself with the right people. That's, that's yeah. what it's about, you know. Um, there's no real reason others can't really do it. And that's what I guess we're trying to promote with the class is um, we had three meetings and we, we knew the cars and we know what they could do, but the idea is to try and spark a bit of enthusiasm in nitro racing and say, look, guys, we're here to help. It's uh, it's not it's not big shots, not, you know, a lot of hours, rebuild the motor every, every run, that sort of thing. It's actually affordable. Um, and you know we're here to help 
mm. come and do it? I think with Nitro as well, I think going back to the question, um, we, I think Nitro is a really great thing and we really need to focus on the investment in what we're doing now. So really furthering that field um, of what we're doing. Because I really do believe, and I think you speak to a lot of people, um, there's lots of great things happening in WA drag racing. Um, but, but Nitro is um, really exciting for the fans. It's something that um, people love to see. And we've seen that in the numbers in the crowds, we see good crowds, we see, um, you know, our pit bay, pit bay flooded with people because they love it, it's something exciting, it's, it's cool. So, you know, we hope that um, we're giving back to the sport in the best way that we can, but, you know, I think the sport in WA, you know, will progress in that nitro field um, and continue to grow. But like any given, like any sport, I think you have to grow, you have to evolve um, as an industry. So for drag racing, I don't think we can always keep doing what we we're always doing. I think we do need to look at other opportunities and other ways to go drag racing um, without discrediting different fields because every field has their place and their value in drag racing. But um, I think nitro is one of the peak uh, moments and peak fields at the moment in WA most definitely. The Auto One Customer Loyalty Program, the Auto One Club, has been designed to provide privileges to loyal customers. Head on over to www.auto1.com.au and click on the club membership tab or alternatively head into your local Auto One store and ask about the benefits that come with being a loyal Auto One club member. While you're in the store, be sure to check out Auto One's extensive range of impact automotive garage tools, floor mats and coolant. The impact automotive range offers quality products at affordable prices. From a three ton heavy duty trolley jack to an adjustable mechanic seat. The Impact Automotive range has a garage tool that will suit your needs. The range has also well over 20 different types of floor and boot mats to suit your ride. They come in rubber or fabric with a PVC backing to stop slipping. Also in the range is an extensive choice of coolant. Whether it be pre-mixed or concentrate, the long life range of red and green Impact Automotive coolant is bound to have a product that suits your needs. To view the full range of Impact Automotive products, head on over to www.auto1.com.au or visit one of their stores. Auto One is committed to bringing you the brands you know and trust at great prices. Coupled with their team's knowledge and experience, Auto One, it's the one. And look, I mean, I say that, I'll preface my statement, I'd, please don't send hate mail. I mean, we, we raced in radial for a season or two, you know, Simon, we put radials on the BA, but... We, we did that because out of, uh, in some ways, not frustration, but he wanted to race. And that was kind of where he thought that we could go. But um, I just think it's it may have been to the detriment of sedan. Not that we could race. We could race in sedan. But I think a lot of cars to the detriment of super sedan. And, I mean, we want to see numbers in sedan. We want to see numbers in super street as well. But I think Nitro, the deal that you guys have got, goes it's a bit old, not old school, but I think it's it's a return to. I remember at Ravenswood we used to have a feature nitro feature event every three times in a season. We'd get, jeez, um, I've forgotten his name now. There was Alan Green used to race um, guy from the Eastern States. Robin, Junk, Robin Kirby. 
Yeah, that was one, but there was a his had name. a funny car as well, the Powerball one. Jeez, I've forgotten his name. Gary McGrath. Yeah, yeah, he he would come over on a re- on a regular basis, and uh, even uh, Crazy Man Taylor as well bought the Corvette over a couple of times, and we had, but we had we had that splattered right through the for the year, and mm. I think what you guys are doing is going back to that. For me, it reminds me of those days yeah. at Ravenswood where we have. Three times in the in the year, a feature event mm. with, with a nitro, which is a nitro feature. Mm. I don't think people look at the numbers. The, the the broader audience, I don't think, looks at the numbers and says, "Oh, geez, he should have gone. A, he should have gone a fifty on mm. that one." I think the flames. I think the show the is the, the sound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the one thing that drag racing has that separates from any other motorsport in the world. Nitro. No, no one else has it mm. in the world. Yeah, you know, drag boats. I guess you could say, but. Yeah, all, all circuit racing, uh, you know, that sort of thing. They don't have it, and we do. So I think really, as you were saying, I think we have to showcase it yeah. um, in, in a positive way. And I think we, for us as a team and a family and the Beach Bomb team, we heavily invest a lot of time in engaging the general public, engaging people in what we do, because um, it's really important to us, but it's really important that other people get enjoyment through um, what we're doing. So, yeah. you know, there may be other uh, teams, maybe not, not as much as like us but that's probably one of our biggest um, differentiating points for the beach bomb and why we're really big advocates of our team and our sport because we're confident that we can do great things and put on a great show and that's that's what we aim to do it's it's about if you think about graham's show graham's show is about the entertainment package it's mm. what you get to come and see it's families it's kids it's kids sitting in the cars that it's you know them coming and getting a signature from andrew or a photo these are the things that are real uh you know life-changing moments for some kids and adults and it's so amazing to see the uh, impact that our racing and our family and our sport um not only our sport but our team has on those people we've got um followers all around the world that um you know ask us to send them things and it's it's important and i think it's important for wa racing that we continue yeah. to do that most yeah. definitely yeah yeah and obviously clearly ray ray Trey treasure that is is a, a big advocate of the, of the nitro deal as well and sees some value in it too so it's great to have those guys on board and and pushing this championship now speaking of the championship correct me if i'm wrong you've got 70 point lead yes where does that, I mean, 70-point lead over Matt Abel in Nitro Thunder and a 90-point lead. I should know this, but have you right. s- have you sealed the champion? No. no. Okay, I didn't want to say that because I wasn't sure. But it's, I mean, a 70-point lead is, is, is reasonable going into the, the last round. Absolutely. It's healthy, but we'll go out and we'll do our job and we'll win three races and we'll try and set low ET and try and set top speed and, and win the night. Mm. That will be what we got to try and do. But you've been able to do that quite well, haven't you, of, of recently? And that this man next to you is a big part of that. I mean, so James, tell us, do you feel a bit of that pressure as well? Like getting... Probably not so much anymore. Maybe, maybe you know, a few years ago. Um, but you know, we've got a really good team, like around the car. you just got to back your ability. Otherwise, you're just not going to... You can't do this. You gotta. You just have to back yourself. Otherwise, yeah, you you just won't be not aggressive, but probably more positive, I guess, towards what changes you make. And um, yeah, like take a calculated risk. That's that's really all it is all the time. So um, I think you know spending a 
bit of time racing in America. That really did help that. You know, we were racing at Pomona, the Winter Nationals in 2016. We were thought we were qualified and it was all good going into the last session. We were fifth in a 16-car field. By the time we got to run, everyone else had run faster than us and we needed to, you know, run a good run to get, get qualified. So, you know, things, situations like that, you know, teach you a lot very, very quickly, I guess. Yeah, 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 no, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. So there's a, you know, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a good lead, but yeah, there's a bit of work to do in the final meet. Now tell us, the final meet is the 23rd of March, is that right? Or 20- uh, 20th? 20th. 20th. Yeah, it's the 20th of okay. March. Yeah. Testing my, my knowledge here. But yeah, 20th of March, we've still got a little bit of time to go, um, and the crew will do what they always do. We have crew night every Tuesday night. Um, and credit to James, I must say, he doesn't give himself enough credit and he never does. Um, but he is the most uh, important person uh, in this whole factor. Uh, he doesn't think he is, but he absolutely is. And I, I mean, I put so much trust um, in James uh, to send Andrew down the track, but also the team. So in the lead up to the 20th, We'll do what we usually do, crew night every Tuesday night, dedicated crew, um, amazing group of guys and girls that, that support um, Andrew in doing what he's able to do, but also led by James, who um, is, uh, yeah, part of our success is is mainly James. Yeah. I want to talk about crew night because I, I, don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to water it down, but it looks like a party just about. <laughs> is that, would I be looking? The, the last yeah, one. the said, last one, yeah. I saw the photo and it looked like a party. Was that a special crew night, was it? Or a, Look, we were Always, um, we always like, as we, as I spoke about before, for us it's about engaging our, our supporters and making everyone feel like they're part of the Nitro family. I mean, for some people they may never live out their dream, but if they can live it through us, then that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, but we took the opportunity to invite a couple of people that are, are big supporters of us or been following us. Um, uh, one young guy, Connor, who's probably Andrew's biggest biggest fan um, there every meeting very dedicated fan um, and we invited him and his family around um, and my mum my mother-in-law and myself we, we cook a meal and uh, have some dessert and put the tables out and um, yeah just give everyone the opportunity to live a little bit of nitro through our family and that's that's what it's about for us I hope Simon's listening did you hear that Simon crew night <laughs> <laughs> Get him on to the uh, cooking some pasta for us. <laughs> now, that's awesome. Just in Aussie Park, so, yeah. <laughs> you want to come down Tuesday night? Come down. Sounds all right, actually. It's always funny. The, the boys are sitting around. Just on a normal night, it's just, just the crew. We're sitting there and we finished our meal and they're all kind of sitting there and they're looking around and, and they're like, so um, what's for dessert, guys? <laughs> Without doubt, there's always dessert. They always get fed. No, it looks as I said. It looks like a, it looks like a bit of a bit of a party that you got happening there. So I, I saw that the other the other day actually. So we we hope to have more of them. Like we hope to, you know, open our uh, drag racing love up to many. But yeah. it's just a matter of. Um, you know, time and, you know, bringing people on board to have a look. But we're always at the track, always come past, say hello, mm. um, speak with Andrew, jump in the car. All the crew um, are really good at grabbing the kids and popping them in, and um, that's all part of the experience. Yeah, no, it certainly is, certainly is. Now, can you tell us, like, do you have any insight? Like, we got any new competitors that might be joining the, the, the championship, not this season, but next season, perhaps? Um, I could name three cars off the top of my head. I'm not going to say names just yet because I'm yeah. probably shouldn't but yeah there's probably three cars straight out that could happily run with us um, whether they do or don't actually probably four to tell you the truth 
Um, so I think we've got six at the moment. Um, eight would be a very nice number. Um, 10, 15 would be excellent. But, yeah, eight cars would be a great round number uh, to, to get us through and, and give the crowd some good, close nitro racing. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that would be, yeah, I mean, it would be exciting to build that number on, on mm. eight is a good number. Um, six is still good as well. But, Absolutely. yeah, eight, to get to eight, that would, that would be awesome. What's the future for the beach bomb? What Any updates or we you're happy i mean the car's not old i mean as you said you only got it with 40 correct me wrong 40 yeah, 40, runs, 40 runs i think yeah. might have even actually been less than it might have been 30 runs just thinking about it but um just general maintenance well general maintenance at the moment um we uh we're going to spend a little bit of money on it soon parts just wear out in, in these style of cars um a supercharger blow is probably our next major purchase for the car we uh a littlefield lb21 which we bought from paul shackleton brand new at the very start um just isn't quite measuring right anymore the clearance isn't isn't quite right and that's actually uh, we actually did run off on the last run um last minute ran a 558 58 and then actually a 60 um 61 or 62 actually it, it really should have been a lot faster than that um but the things just wear out in these cars you're running them hard and uh and you, you're trying to get a fair bit out of out of these things so um, yeah, probably Supercharger is our next main main purchase for the car. We'll, it's just so much good gear out there nowadays. We'll, uh, we're going to sort of try and get a new one before this last medium March, but we'll sort of we'll put, put the brakes on with that just for a second. We'll, we'll get Rory uh, out at Speed Talk to service uh, uh, this blower. James does it most of the times, but just what, what we have to do this time, we'll get Rory to do it for us, um, and then we'll go on the hunt. James has got some excellent contacts in America still, and a, a few guys that run in, in Nostalgia Nitro in America. Um, and they're right up with the latest and greatest. So yep. there's, a, there's a few avenues there we'll, we'll follow to, uh, to buy the best for our yeah. car, basically, and our team on what we're trying to do and what James is trying to do with the tune-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, James, tell me, how did you find the time to also... Well, you tune in this car as well and then also broker a deal with the, with the championship or build the championship? Um, yeah, just, I guess, a fair few phone calls with Rory. Rory then lays with the uh, with the racetrack, um, Bill Miller. So, you know, a lot of credit has to go to him as well mm. from that side. Um, yeah, we just worked together. We put you know put up what we thought was a reasonable enough format that was fair for everyone, and, and um, put the cars out on track three times. You know, regardless of if you you know win, lose, or draw kind of things. So, um, so we did all that, and yeah, we're a little unorganised to start with for the first one but yeah you know, started looking at some marketing stuff um my brother-in-law luke he he's you know facebook page doing a bit of stuff there so just to try and you know build the profile up and you know basically spend this season to announce it to everyone and, mm -hmm. and show everyone what it is and then you know next year hopefully we can start to build build some more excitement and enthusiasm around it yeah yep yep Michelle, just to finish off, tell us a bit about the Atomos family. What are they? What have they got going on at the moment? Oh well, we've got um, a newly licensed junior dragster um, in our family. So uh, the sixth junior dragster racer in our family, number six along the line, which is really excited. Isaac, which we're really excited about. Isaac Adamos, he raced um, last meeting and got his license. Um, Uncle Con has just recently also got his license after many years on the sideline. Um, but I think that he's probably taking a back seat for a little while. I had a couple of passes, but 
um, focusing on the junior. So for us as Adamos family, that's what we've got. We're coming back into where we started, junior dragster um, with Isaac. And um, yeah, six years time, we no doubt will have a junior dragster or junior funny car <laughs> um, for Ella if she, I don't think she has really a choice. So people always ask us, oh, you know, will you ever put Ella into a dragster or da da da? And we both say, yep, that's, yeah. uh, that's where we'll go. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's what's happening for us in the sport at the moment. But um, I'm really fortunate. My family, um, my, my parents and my sister are heavily involved in the beach bomb um, with my in-laws. So we've got a really uh, yeah, a really great uh, family opportunity to be engaged. My dad um, works on the car and my mum is our merchandise extraordinaire. Um, so she she works in that space. My sister comes along too and supports sometimes backing up or, or helping yeah. out. So that's my immediate family is definitely hmm. really involved in the beach bomb. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where where we are. But I will one thing I will mention just before we finish off is um, Andrew is quoted his dad a number of times and um, we really do have to give credit to Tony and Erica Katavatis because without them I do not believe any of us would be living this dream mm. um, and our fans wouldn't be living our dream through through that and they are they you know they advocate for this and, and they um, support the beach bomb and, and that's why we're doing it so I feel we're very fortunate um, mm. Andrew also Absolutely. to be in this position and that's because of Tony um, and Erica most definitely yeah I know your father was you know helped out at Wasmer a fair bit as well back in the day and I know he was you know actively involved not so much in the committee but you know it was a great person to have around and and, and of you know still is sorry but he's yeah I mean yeah we we often forget the influence that our parents have in in where we head off and it's great to actually I mean I I knew Andrew was coming but it was great to have all three of you here <laughs> to, tonight because I, I think it's a you know to have three different lens on the sport that have all come from um, parents that were actively involved in drag racing in Western Australia and have, you know, were prominent racers in, in the space. And I think it's great to have the three of you here tonight and I, I really appreciate it. And thanks, Andrew, for no all uh, getting, getting this crew together. I think it's a really awesome episode. Now, just quickly before we finish, where can we get merchandise from? So, well, we're actually really excited. We are working with a designer in the USA at the moment that has put together this amazing new Beach Bomb Design t-shirt. So we should have them for our next event um, and we'll be selling them at the track, children as well as adult t-shirts. So it's a new design. Um, something fresh, something really cool coming out of the States. So, um, wow. yeah, come to the track or um, contact us on our Beach Bomb Facebook page. Facebook, and yeah. um, we can, yeah, send you something. Equally, we've got uh, lots of parts that have been signed that we've just recently done a big a big send-off to Adelaide, Queensland, um, Darwin, to lots of supporters around Australia that wanted a piece of the Beach Bomb. Um, equally, we can find something for you that you might like to put on in your shed and Andrew signs it and we can send it to you. Um, we've got stubby holders too. So lots happening. Um, either come down and see us at the track at our next event on the 20th of March or just contact the page and we're happy to, to sort something out and, and send something to you. Yeah, no, it's good. You know, I've got a rod at home, actually, from one of the Aeroflow cars. Yep. I'm not sure which one's polished. It's funny when people come over, I've got it in a prominent space. They say, well, what's that? 
<laughs> you just have a chuckle to yourself. I said, that's a, that's a connecting rod out of a nitro funny car. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they think it's unusual having a rod in your in your collection in like I have it in a quite a prominent place. But uh, yeah, it's funny watching people ask what that is. Question it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> James, where can we find information about yourself? Do you have a Facebook page or some sort of following or not? <laughs> no, it does the look. If you're watching the video, you'll James see. doesn't like uh, media no. in general. I do drag him. It's very hard to get a photo of him on race day and yeah, challenging. Yeah, try and keep a low profile these days. I, I have my own small business dealing in cars, basically. So you can give it a plug or. Give um, that a plug, yeah, come on. It's not ready yet. <laughs> okay, um, all right. No, so, yeah, so I do that. That takes up a lot of my time. Um, my wife, she races a, a motorbike at the drags as well, so that takes up a bit of time too, and one day the Gemini will be rebuilt, and that'll be, that's the dream right there. <laughs> you, you spoke of your brother-in-law before, Luke. Tell us, how, how is he going? I, well, I spoke to him this morning, um... He lives in Tampa, and the Buccaneers, maybe the Tampa Buccaneers, got, into the, did, yes. got into the Super Bowl. So he said that, um, yeah, everyone was pretty happy over there. So Absolutely yeah. jumping on the bandwagon, I've been told. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And tell us your wife as well, Zoe. Yep. How is she going in? It's mod bike? Yeah, yep. she races mod bike um, with a Kawasaki. Um, she's been doing well, I think. She's generally, you know, goes a fair few rounds most meetings. Um She'll be up there in the points. I'm not exactly sure where. Maybe third at the moment or fourth. Um, bike's been running quite well, and um, yeah, that's um, it's quite relaxing going down and, and doing the mod bike stuff. You know, compared to the nitro car, mm. just enjoy the day, and you know, um, obviously you like to see her do well, which she she does most of the time. So it's good. Yeah, talk about royalty in drag racing. The Newhoff family. I mean, really, mm. it's Luke, uh, Julie. Sorry, Paul, Julie. Luke and Zoe. I mean, yeah, that's that's an incredible family. I've had Luke on before, actually. Uh, he was in one of the early episodes. That was back at my house, actually. In back the early days. Yeah, it was in the early days when he was actually here for just a short period of time, and I was glad I got him on, actually. So, no, uh, great guy, Luke, and the whole Newark family. Andrew, so we can find stuff about the Beach Bomb at the Facebook page as well. Absolutely. You, yep. Through, okay. through the Beachmont Facebook page, uh, I reply to most of them, if not it's yep. Michelle, yep. Um, when I get time, working to pay the bills for the car. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Contact us, come to the track, have a chat, meet us, meet the crew, meet the team. We're all uh, more than welcome to have a bit of yarn, show you around the car, yep. jump in it, and uh, talk nitro drag racing. Now, I actually didn't go down the same route as my dad. Um, I'm a diesel mechanic. Yep. So I uh, work on trucks for a little hotshot company up in Wangara called LR Hotshots. And uh, we uh, hotshot to the northwest, just for all you listening at home. But, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, no, we're, we're very, very fortunate um, for Dad supporting the, the car all that time. And then when he retired, we sort of stepped up and took our fair share of the bills. And, and uh, But, yeah, we make it happen as a family. That's, that's what it's all about. We, we decided to race uh, at the very start. Um, as a group, as a family, um, and we've always said that if uh, if it stops becoming fun, that's when we stop racing. Um, and a little bit of the reason we finished in Supercomp, to tell you the truth, it just it wasn't as fun as it used to be. Um, and so then we stepped into the Nitro deal, going back to some of the other things we've talked about, and and it, it's fun. And we've got a really good group of guys. Uh, we've got some older guys in the team, some younger guys in the team. The youngest in the team sit next to me but um and, and we've got a really good mixture of, of guys that just enjoy 
being around it and, and they're smart and they enjoy applying what they bring you know to the car um, watching it go down the track there's a lot of different backgrounds a um, mm. couple of ex- older drag racers who are very very well noted um, in Australian WA and Australian drag racing um, and then some young guys who were sort of into cars but brought down through mates of mates and they're just they're hung around and they just never left um, and now they're you know they're wallpaper they'll be there forever these guys and, and then they've started racing themselves yeah. um, so no, it's a good, really good group of guys we got there and very very thankful for what they do because you, you just cannot run when it, it's very hard to do any drag racing by yourself in all honesty you yeah. need you need someone something helping you mm. um, and we've got an excellent group so we're very thankful for them all yeah yeah it's funny you should say that I bumped into a gentleman the other day he runs the men's shed just here in Belcatta but he's uh, Kyle Putland's uncle and he's crewed with Kyle for yep. years you know and uh He's such a knowledgeable uh, gentleman and a really nice guy and, and runs the men's shed down here, you know, giving back to the community, of course, and because my dad goes to the men's shed there, and I think it's a, you know, very smart guy. And there's so many of these knowledgeable fellows in, in Western Australia. In drag race, we have so many knowledgeable people, guys and girls, that is, and it's a, it's a great sport to be part of. It certainly is. Definitely. Well, guys, look, we really appreciate your time coming on and spending the, the hour here. It's gone... It's already been an hour, can you believe it? So we really appreciate the time and and thanks for coming in and uh, sharing not just your journey, Andrew, but James, your journey as well. And Michelle, your journey as well. Thank it's you. been it's been great to have you here, and I'm glad all three of you came. Actually, so thanks, thanks, thanks for having us. us. Yeah. yeah, thanks Thank for getting you. in contact, and thanks for doing this for no, WA no, Drag Racing too. No worries. All right, thanks, and take care. All the best. Thank, Thank you. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.